Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Buzdar, and this week we head to Ontario, Canada, and speak with Halima Hosenzi, someone who gained worldwide attention from a story published in Vogue magazine about her Baluch culture and her love for athletics. Now she's using her platform to promote the Baluch people and help women everywhere. Enjoy. So it wasn't like a huge community. Um, I would say we have like about maybe 300. Like I'm just guesstimating. Like I don't even know. Um, But like now we actually have uh, an actual community that I believe is going to become like an actual uh, um, community registered under um, Canada. So um, we are getting bigger, but when I was really young, we still weren't that big. Like we had actually, we had a little Baluchi hall that we would have um, events at. Um, we would celebrate birthdays. We just kind of all come together and it was called Boch Hall in downtown Toronto. I still remember that. It was like in a little sketchy neighborhood with whatever money we could kind of put together to put it on mm-hmm. uh, to rent it essentially. But I just remember like the people here, as little as we were, we were so connected and, um, we just always wanted to like, they, like the elders always wanted to make sure their kids were around Baluchi people, knew where they come from, their, what their culture was, or at least uh, be aware of, um, their identity. And I think that kind of had an effect on me as I got older and, um, I, I'm more confident in myself and I'm able to say like, Hey, I'm Baluch. I'm from this area. Um, you know, and kind of be aware of the leaders in our community. Um, and I think that's still, um, coming up. Like there's so many books that we don't have. There's so many, um, you know, resources that we don't have, or we don't have access to things like that. But I feel like now it's time for our generation to not forget and um, be aware that there's only 10 million Baluch people in the world <laughs> and things like that. And wow. like really don't lose our identity, I guess. Sure. Totally. Wow. I didn't see, I wasn't aware of that. That's crazy to think. Um, I think that's cool that you had at least a group of people and elders and people that made it seem like it was cool and it was something to be proud of. I think when I was growing up, it would definitely, I don't know. I had, you know, my dad and, my like brother and stuff, you know, and we were stoked on it, but we weren't necessarily like going around advertising that we were Baluch. And I don't know, a little part of me was always kind of, I don't know, I felt a little bit ashamed growing up for a little bit just because I was like, oh, I wasn't born here. I'm from a different country. No one knows where it's from, blah, blah. You know, in my culture, my identity sort of wasn't, I don't know, I guess growing up, it wasn't necessarily like cool to be different or maybe that was just my weird mindset. But I think anyone who comes from a different country, at least my point of view is like an immigrant, you tend to be like, oh, try to blend in as much as possible. Don't, you know, cause any waves and any of that. Yeah. Um, Especially like growing up and trying to figure out who you are. You just kind of want to make sure that you're not different, even though you know that you are the elephant in the room. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And some of it's like very apparent. I mean, like, you know, having like darker skin and like your hair is like black instead of, you know, blonde or whatever, you know, and you're like, oh, we like clearly look different. But, oh, 
You have to pretend you're like, oh no, we're I'm American, you know, like baseball and stuff, you know, but like it's not necessarily something. So for you, was it something, I guess in school you said it wasn't necessarily, I guess, you know, the same what treated the same way as your community. So you weren't like surrounded by a ton of people that looked and had same traditions and values as you. Was that difficult at first? And did it become I, I think know. I was thankfully I um I was a very extroverted student, uh, like hmm. just person in general. Um like I've had a teacher had like a sit down conversation with my mom and said, like, go and give her some auditions. Like this girl loves drama. She's always standing. She's always singing. I would turn the radio on. I was like a ruckus, um, of a mess in the class. And like the teacher was like, obviously this girl's like very dramatic. And I always wanted to present my days. I didn't want to just write them. I was like, thankfully I had that kind of, um, ability to be extroverted. And like that kind of made me ignore um, all like the racial slurs or comments. And sometimes I was really oblivious to them, I think, Mm -hmm. um, in that sense. So um, but I feel like like, for example, my sister wasn't as extroverted as I was. So I feel like her. Like it really depends on um, what kind of person you are as well. Sure. Other thing is like in Canada, we're like, I I grew up in a pretty diverse area too in Markham and they like, thankfully I've always been like accepted. I haven't gotten too many like racist, I guess, experiences. So yeah, I guess that's just like from my experiences. Yeah. I think that's interesting that, um, I don't know. I think in Canada, it definitely, from the sounds of it, it seems like it is more of a diverse culture and society where it's more, I guess, accepted. And I mean, California arguably is like sort of a melting pot for a different, you know, cultures and stuff like that. But I think there's also, at least where I grew up, you know, Orange County, not to like, you know, talk badly about it, but there is a sense of, you know, more like high class, rich people or whatever. And there is a sense of entitlement to an extent, which, you know, isn't, always seen super well. And I think growing up, you, I don't know, I think similar situation where you need to be extroverted, you need to have a thick skin, you need to be able to brush off different things. And it comes down to confidence too, but it definitely makes it harder in the sense that you, I don't know, at least for me, I felt like it was, you had to learn that quicker. You didn't have that same experience of kids like growing into their own skin and being confident and stuff. It's like you had to just kind of fake it till you make it and like, make that work is that something similar to you or is it I don't know like elementary and then middle school or I don't know how the schooling system I'm sure it's similar but then (laughs) high school um was there a transition where you just extroverted and confident throughout and um so I moved around quite a bit and like a big thanks to my always kind of forced me to be comfortable in the uncomfortable Hmm. um kind of in the sense that like um, just kind of go with the flow, um, and always know that like, we're behind you if you fall. And then I feel like a lot of Baluch people are, um, we're, that's the reason why we immediately merged together as the Baluch immigrants started coming to Canada. We kind of look for our own and kind of, um, rely on each other, uh, like a community, um, and help each other out, which is a, 
I don't know. I guess maybe that's just my family, but we, we really um, like to connect with people on their level. And I think um, because I moved around, uh, like I, I just learned how to just, like you said, kind of fake it till you make it kind of mentality, which developed into like um, being confident in who I am. And my parents would usually have these kind of, I like to call them therapy sessions where I, I sit down and they're like, okay, like um, what's going on? What are you going through? Um, and I know it sounds really weird and cheesy, but like it really helped me. And when I was a teenager, I was like, ew, like I don't want to be friends with my parents, like, you know, that kind of mentality. But then eventually I grew out of it and I realized how much those little therapy sessions would help me through my day and just making me more grounded and um, realize that, Hey, I don't have to act white. (laughs) I can just be myself and people have to kind of learn how to accept me. Maybe, I don't know, maybe this is the wrong interpretation, but I feel like that isn't super common amongst, you know, Middle Eastern Islamic like families. Mm -hmm. It's generally like, Oh no, shield your emotions, you know, at least for, I guess. Yeah, no, I've heard that a lot too. Like even from friends and like, um, it's not like, easy. And I, I, the reason I said I was extroverted is because I'm sure for introverted or even people that get really anxious, um, uh, in large crowds or throughout just growing up was was a very anxious time. I'm not saying it was perfect. And, you know, it was like, my parents are amazing. And like, I'm not saying that I'm just trying to say that, like, I think it benefited me that I was a very extroverted person. Like I was very like excited to be around people and like have the spotlight on me. And I think, but like being an introvert is very different. Like my sister's experience must've been very different. And I'm sure it was very different. Even with just opening up to my parents, I'm sure it was really hard for her, um, you know, versus like there's, I have uh, four other siblings. So they're all, I think I'm just really extroverted and it was just, I guess, in a way easier for me, which is unfortunate. Sure. I mean, it, I think it is cool that you had parents that were, you know, supportive in that sense. And it does, you know, even if you are introverted, it definitely makes it a little bit easier as opposed to having parents that are like, Oh, you know, don't, don't show your emotions. Don't cry and do that stuff. And if you're introverted, you're just like, Oh my God, like, who do I talk to? This is brutal, you know? And, um, I don't know. That seems like it was better. Um, I guess jumping into sports and stuff, how did that play a role? Was it something that you sort of caught into initially when you were younger and then you just sort of fell in love with it and, you know, your personality and being extroverted and stuff, did it just also play a role in you kind of jumping into and trying different sports and stuff? Yeah. Um, I've, uh, I've always really liked sports as a kid. I think it started off with, um, I used to do, our school was really big on cross country. Um, like when I was in public school and I remember specifically in grade five, there was, I had a teacher named Mr. Woods and he was just, he was just so, I was having a really hard time with academics. I sucked at like math and like arithmetic and things like that. It was just not my cup of tea. And, um, I remember specifically one day when we were doing math and he, and I was just not having it. I don't know if I had ADHD or I had like, I knew I had an issue sitting in my desk. (laughs) Like I just couldn't sit still. And I remember him noticing like the the class was just rowdy and he's like, you know what? Screw it. Like we're not going to do math today. We're going to go out 
and we're going to play soccer baseball. And so we played soccer baseball till the end of the day. Like we were out for a good like hour and a half or something. And I don't know why, but that kind of stuck with me. And he just saw like that I was really like, I guess in a sense sporty and I, I couldn't sit still. So he kind of talk about language and math with me while we'd be outside and do things and be like, Oh, like if I had this many sticks or something. And like, I just remember thinking to myself, like, maybe I don't learn like on a desk. And like, um, I just found a connection through him and I realized that, Hey, like I'm pretty good at sports. I'm pretty good at cross country. I'm pretty good at basketball. And he really encouraged forward and it's crazy how like grade five Mr. Woods is still on my mind like as an inspiration to kind of push me forward into sports so a great thanks to teachers for that for that one I feel like he had a pretty solid support system going forward it definitely uh makes Candace sound awesome compared to here where I don't know if we have that necessarily I feel like you have to seek oh, it I out I had bad teachers too though oh okay <laughs> I got like an R in grade six math I remember <laughs> What's an R? Um, a, a fail. So we say, oh, okay. I guess it stands for retry because ah. we don't actually fail. Interesting. Um, they just have like an R. It stands for an F, I guess, in America. Yeah. Got it. And then also what's uh, soccer baseball? Is that kind of like kickball kind of thing? I don't know what kickball is, but essentially it's like you throw the soccer ball towards uh, the person. And instead, you know how like they usually bat the ball? Mm-hmm. Um you would just kick the soccer ball as far as you can and then you'd run to each base. Yeah, that's kickball. Totally. We call it yeah. kickball here, okay. which, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's interesting, the different, you know, little things between Canada and um, America. It's also interesting, I feel like, you know, the communities, we are both from a similar community, different regions of the world that are very far from where we ended up or at least our parents ended up. Um you ever like think about that, how, you know, people from like Baluch people immigrate to, you know, North America and I think like England, of course, is like a major place too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Has your parents ever talked to you about why they immigrated to Canada or the sort of the mindset um, going into that? Yeah, sure. Um, my dad, my dad's dad was actually like, hey, like my dad's name's Saeed. And he's like, hey, Saeed, I think that like, he really encouraged him into, um, education. He was, he really wanted his, um, especially my dad, like he, he was actually like into it too. And so, um, his dad really encouraged him to get educated. And then eventually my dad kind of, it's a whole story, but he ended up getting a scholarship to America, um, where he did some sort of college degree. I don't even know, um, something in computers. Hmm. (laughs) And then I think it was in, um, uh, it starts with an O. Was it Ohio? No, it wasn't Ohio. Anyways, it was a real um, state, just very white. Um, my dad's experiences uh, with racism is funny, like in the 80s. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was interesting. Um, and then he ended up and he's like, ever since I was a kid, I just wanted to go to Canada. I found it so cool. Like, I really liked um, the pictures that I would see in the magazines. I, I, he's like, I had a Canadian flag up on my um, bedroom wall. Like, I just really wanted to go to Canada. I just I saw it as the land of opportunity in a sense. Hmm. Um, and so then he ended up 
going to Canada and then several years later ended up with a master's degree at Ryerson from Ryerson um, for networking engineering. Wow. Did you ever feel that with like your dad and your parents where you had, I guess, some of the expectation to do well in school or go down a path that you may not have been into? I think um, my dad was very vocal about why he did what he did and how difficult it was. Like he would, like, I would hear stories about how, like, he had to deal with racism, not only in America, but also when he was in Pakistan trying to, you know, get that scholarship and that he knew that it was going to be a thing, you know, um, part, my dad was actually born in Pakistan, hmm. um, and his dad came from Iran. So, um, him, uh, like he had time understanding Urdu. He didn't know the language very well but as his dad like pushed him into school and stuff and you know how they speak like <laughs> Baloch people speaking Urdu like we were a lot and we mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you're aware like we are mm-hmm. um we're just seen as like a lower class in a sense and he had to deal with a lot harder things um uh, you know, living in Pakistan and dealing with that and working his way up to get a scholarship to go to America. I think when you're so deprived of education and that when you're so um, neglected from an education system and when you come to such a free state, especially in America or in Canada, where they encourage you to go, it's almost like you know, a very thirsty or hungry cat. You just want to get as much of it as you can. (laughs) So I think like, um, it's that, that ideology. And then him thinking back from his, you know, generations before him that fought so hard for him, his father from, you know, Sarbaz Iran all the way to Karachi, a job, you know, and, Mm. um, uh, and it's tough to think about because I, uh, I, I can't relate to it cause I lived here, but I think I was very empathetic of it. And like, I tried to understand where he's coming from. So I, I, like I told you, like, I wasn't big on education either, like, especially when I was younger. Um, but as I got older, I realized what a privilege it is mm. to, you know, be learning, um, and having the encouragement to learn, especially as a girl. I think that's a, another, another, um, hard thing to realize. Sure. Definitely. And I think that's another like important thing to start talking about is just, I guess, you know, growing up in your article, you mentioned it, you know, growing up as a girl in Baluch culture, or I mean, quite frankly, any Islamic culture for the most part, it's a very different than being a man, um, being a boy, you know, there's interesting dynamics of it. And me obviously growing up as a boy and a man and under that whole system and just seeing it firsthand is crazy. And I went back to Pakistan, I think two years ago now and, you know, seeing it from an adult perspective and just completely, at least for me, it was a lot to handle at first because I didn't understand it a hundred percent. And, um, it was, it was tough. I don't know. It's like, I remember very particular instances of like, holding the door open for, you know, one of my aunts or something. And they're like, Oh no, no, you go first. And I'm like, what? That's weird. You know? And they're like, so like hold fast on it. They're like, no, 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 you go first. And then, you know, like sitting in chairs or whatever, they're like, Oh, we sit on the ground. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. For me, it was like, I was like, what is that? But that was sort of 
a very real moment for me to be like, I'm coming from America. I'm not necessarily, you know, fully a part of this culture. I can't come in and be like, oh, no, we're going to change everything. And you can sit on chairs and I'll open the door for you and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it was, uh, I don't know, it was tough for me at first, you know, but it became something where you just sort of have to sit there and accept it. Um, I'm curious as to think like, I don't know, your perspective on that whole, everything I kind of said. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So like growing up common, like um, this whole idea that, you know, the woman um, does the cooking, the cleaning, and then serves the men first. And then the girls just kind of have to wait there. Um, People living with disabilities that are girls um, would have to wait (laughs) for the men to be served, especially like at parties and stuff. And then afterwards, the girls would get served, which I found really weird because I'm like, in my head, people living with disabilities and, you know, mothers with children or pregnant women should be served first. It just makes, and um, it's funny because within the girls growing up as we were teenagers, we just like make, you know, comments and we'd be like, oh, the men are getting served first. And like the boys, the young, the uh, teenage boys would walk in and be like, ha ha, like in your face. And it, would, it was just like, we try to make a joke of it, but it's very like apparent here too. And um, I think it's just from like the old ideology of like, it, it's not even old idea that the men, the men used to go out, do the work, um, come home late where the woman would be, you know, with the children and then cleaning the house and making the food, um, kind of like the fifties, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then they would get served, which I, I completely disagree about a conversation that I had with my parents about this topic. And they're like, all right, well you can implement it in your house. Um, so hopefully that change will come. Sure. Wow. Yeah. What is also, um, I don't know, something that I kind of may have picked up and I don't know how accurate it is, just the concept of like lineage and passing it on and the concept of like a boy being so, I don't know, sought after. They're like, oh, you have a boy, you can carry on your name and all that. You know, I think that in a way sort of carried it too, which I thought, you know, is, I don't know, in my opinion, that was probably like why maybe they were like so stoked on guys as opposed to girls but it also just created a culture of just i don't know it's like this internal thing within a culture that creates another rift right yeah it's like i have these conversations with the women the baluch women in our community they they're so shocked they're like whoa i didn't notice that it's like sometimes i think like because i was exposed to like education and having an understanding of like women's rights and you know men's rights and how like unfortunately we do live in a men like a man's world in a sense that like everything is done in the favor of men women are paid less and things like that um but i think our culture and our people are not even there yet mm. we still have a, a difficulty understanding racism we don't have a word for racism <laughs> um women going out and working like i remember um women going into our community and doing, um, you know, jobs like retail or something like that was a really big deal. Mm. Um, and they were so proud of it. And I think that's a huge thing to be proud of too, for them, because we need to be able to empathize where they come from as well. You know what I mean? Um, and kind of 
really sitting there and like listening to them and understanding that they don't even understand the concept of um, like men being paid more than women. They think that's fine. Like, no, because the woman's at home taking care of the kids. Well, I'm like, both can happen. You know, you don't have to be paid less for it. Yeah. Um, that concept is completely foreign to them. And they almost feel like selfish talking about it. Mm. And they almost feel rude um, bringing up that kind of topic of equal rights within women. Or even the idea of men being served like last is so weird and like rude to them. Um, so I think we have a long way to go, uh, but I'm sure like there will be changes implemented, especially in my family and like um, hopefully um, the next generations to come. Definitely. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, that was a big thing too, is just seeing my relatives who have, you know, lived under that mentality for, you know, years and years. So for like 30, 40, whatever years, that's, what they've understood and that's a part of their reality. And yeah, I remember having a conversation with one of my relatives and just kind of talking about how like, I don't know, well, there's certain things, but the concept of just like men showing up and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we have to go in the back and we have to, you know, like they are always first and blah, blah, blah. And it was just such a normal thing in that conversation that it was just, oh, that's just what happens. And it's a part of it. And to even introduce the idea of like, oh no, like we're equal. They're like, oh no, no, no. What are you, what are you talking about? That's crazy. You know? And I think now it is very promising and awesome to see that like, you know, you're aware of it. And I think younger people growing up are definitely aware of it and they're going to change that. And that whole ideology is going to be something that is hopefully changed, but it, it, a part of me thinks that it's going to be sort of, you know, the Western societies and stuff that are going to sort of implement and change that. It's, I don't know. Part of me is also, what were we going to say? Um, I don't think the Western society taught me, like, I guess had like the sense of like um, feminism that I was taught in um, like history class and how it, how it has come into being into our society today. Um, but I think personally um, I was taught like, women's rights through like my religion, I think more than blamed, like, Oh, you know, especially Islamic religion. Like if you're Muslim, like women are seen as less than, which is not the case at all, which I find, um, you know, one of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa his wives was very outspoken and she used to speak to everyone and spoke to the prophet very, um, some would say very like with attitude, I guess. Mm. And she would be very outspoken. Um, like Khatija, one of, you know, the prophet's first wives, she was actually a businesswoman and he worked under her and he, she asked for his hand in marriage. So it's like, those are the things that kind of motivated me towards, you know, feminism and the idea that just having equal rights for women and men. Um, and then, uh, you know, our culture didn't kind of pick that up. I think it was just for the lack of, um, I would even say like just understanding and education. And again, I go back to the systematic oppression. We were uh, a people that were constantly pushed around in history. Um, and we were constantly neglected and, we were so loyal to the people coming onto our land. It, very similar to First Nations people, um, as we're taught in history in America and in Canada, how they were very, um, you know, 
they really took the word of the white man when they said like, we'll share the land, we'll be fair to your, you know, environment and things mm-hmm. and that, like that. And now, unfortunately, they, you know, they closed, I'm pretty sure the last, um, what is it? It's just like a, a, a school um, in 1997, um, kind of taking away and stripping away a First Nation uh, language and rights. Um, so I feel like Baluch people can really relate to that with First Nations as well. And I think that's the reason why um, we don't understand the idea of feminism or equal rights in general. So, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> no, totally. But that's, I mean, that's all super important. I think, I mean, I totally get that. I think, um, it's always interesting because it's like those those three different countries that are sort of associated with it. And then, you know, Iran, Pakistan, and Afghanistan are very different and very, I don't know. I think when I got into journalism and sort of, you know, wanting to do stories and stuff that stemmed from me going to Pakistan and seeing the people and how beautiful and loving and just the culture is like amazing and stuff in that sense and how I think at least in America, I'm not quite sure how the media is in Canada, but in America, generally the Middle Eastern countries are portrayed terribly in the sense that it's always, you know, violent and they're all terrorists and just such a negative portrayal of Islam and the Middle East. And I wanted to change that narrative. And it was so like important for me to do that. Um, I think, you know, for you, as much as, you know, you're not necessarily wanting to do journalism, having a voice and sharing those ideas and changing people's perspectives about those things. Is that something that you want to continue to do despite which, you know, field or career you go into? Funny, I was debating in high school to either apply for journalism because one of my English teachers was like, you're really good. Like you should do journalism. And then I had my coach, my basketball coach that was like, do theology, exercise science, you'll fit in right there. And I ended up just like kind of throwing a coin and I was like, all right, Ken, it is. <laughs> and I ended up at exercise science. But yes, um, I think I'm always, I always end up talking about very controversial issues and about my opinion um, and trying to let people know about like history in high school is not taught thoroughly. I, I'm really upset at the way they teach world history really, mm. um, in classrooms. And I get it. It can be political and, you know, kids don't completely understand the idea of politics, but I just wish they taught real history. Um, and not just, Oh, like, you know, almost a nationalistic approach to history. Like after I left world history class or history in general, I was like, wow, I'm so proud to be Canadian. Mm. when it's like, I should have just been more aware of history. You know what I mean? And I think all these feelings from teenagehood are coming back of like, I want to let people know, um, especially about minorities, um, about uh, Baluch people, about girls, um, and what really hits home for me. And I think it all stems back to that history class that I didn't learn a whole lot from. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I cannot agree more um it's interesting to see yeah that's like the canada teaches it that way america is obviously super super into that whole concept and it's almost taboo to like talk against america but um 
this year has been very, in my opinion, positive in the sense of people being more outspoken about just how not so positive um, the government is. And we, you know, elected someone who is, in my opinion, terrible. And that whole concept kind of sparked something where it brought about these new, I don't know, it, it sort of divided the country in a sense, but it also just made people that were against, you know, very fundamental things that everyone should be against, like racism and, you know, sexism and different things like that. It's like, oh, you know, we don't want to stand for that anymore. And it's been sort of the foundation of American history for so long. And now it's being talked about. There's people, you know, protesting and making their voices heard. And all of a sudden, I think for me, the one very, very positive thing that stemmed from all that is I was proud to be an immigrant. I was proud to be a person of color. I was proud to be from a different culture and a different society. Whereas growing up, you almost feel ashamed because you're not like fully American or whatever, you know? Um, So I think that in a sense is a very, in my opinion, a positive shift in the right direction that we as people of color, as people from different cultures, um, especially the African-Americans, um, just having something where they can be proud of who they are and not ashamed and not, you know, attacked and, you know. Yeah, that's a really, really big point. (laughs) Um, And I think everybody, like once the lockdown started, you know, my master's and my study and my thesis and um, I, it was kind of on hold for a second and person that like gets really anxious if I'm not doing anything or if I don't have goals, if I don't have like a project coming up and I immediately just get to Instagram and getting online and social media. And I think that's similar to what everybody else was doing and really just researching and understanding what was going on, especially when like the, you know, uh, black lives matter movement kind of, um, really hit, um, in Canada and North America and around the world. Um, and we had a really big protest here and I was like, I wanted to, like, I knew that we had, um, black Baluch people in our community. And I was just wondering, like, what about them? Like I'm sitting here. What about my own black Baluch? What about the African Baluch that, you know, um, I've personally seen, you know, the racism that they go through as well. And it's so bad to the point where they want to, you know, marry into better tribes of Baluch people not as dark or they don't, you know, have curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where it stemmed for me um, once my master's were kind of out of the way. And like, I immediately started researching about Black people and Baluch and, and I talked to my dad about it and he kind of told me the history about it. And I think everybody was doing that um, once COVID hit and like everybody was talking about the government, was talking about the issues in their communities. And I think, like you said, I'm so grateful for that. Mm. Totally. And I think, I mean, just having those conversations that generally wouldn't be talked about. And then also, yeah, I mean, just everything that sort of accumulated during those times, you know, people being locked in, having this opportunity to learn more about cultures and societies that may not be a hundred percent, you know, who they are. And yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, having this newfound, I guess, confidence to walk around and be proud of who you are is sort of, you know, really empowering thing. 
And I think, you know, for a lot of people that are minorities, they, they don't necessarily have that. And I hope and I pray that that's something that, you know, has come out of this whole situation or will come out of this situation is that, you know, we as a society empower those people that, you know, generally are looked down upon or uh, disenfranchised. Or for, don't have a voice. Yeah. I think that's an important one that don't even realize that they are um, being oppressed against. Sure. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I think, I mean, you know, similar to what we were talking about as far as women in blues culture, it almost becomes something where they just become used to it and it's a part of who they are and they don't even think that they can like speak out or say anything about it. And, you know, having that platform and seeing people that look like them and talk like them and have the same religion or whatever, you know, that seeing them on the front lines and voicing their opinion and being outspoken about stuff, they're like, oh, wow, that's, I mean, that's basically, I can go do that, you know, and that's powerful. Um, I guess as we sort of wrap up a little bit, I was curious as to what your future plans are and sort of, you know, what you hope to do and all that. That's a really good question. (laughs) Um, So I'm actually getting back into my math is my project completely changed. Um, I think that I'm going to be kind of planning on finishing up my master's this year, which is really exciting. Uh, But I also really want to be kind of putting out my opinions on Instagram, maybe a YouTube channel, which is maybe in the works. I'm not too sure. Um, And kind of getting my parents involved. Because I think when you have knowledge and it's from the right, right sources, you need to tell people, um, especially, you know, for Baluch people, we don't have that. We don't have like the amount of people that have DM'd me and said, Hey, Halima, do you have, um, you know, sources? Um, do you have books or do you have anyone that we can talk to, to kind of get to know my Baluchi culture? Cause I know I'm Baluch, but I don't know what that is. Mm. And I was so shocked that people don't even know who they are. And they're so distraught about it. And she's like, it's affected me, you know, throughout my childhood and want to know about my culture and, you know, seeing even your just photos in your Baluchi. So shocked that we have a community that our people exist. So it's crazy how, when you don't talk about something, it immediately gets diminished, um, you know, lost into history, I guess. And I really don't want that for the Baluch people. I don't want us to just not exist. Mm. So hopefully um, I'll be doing more works on kind of bringing out the history of Baluch people, um, bringing out resources and getting my dad um, to kind of speak about where we come from and who we are. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would be honored to speak with your dad and, you know, to learn more about my own culture and my identity. I think my dad growing up was always like, hey, you need to learn about this. But, you know, like stubborn kids who are like, oh, I'd rather watch, you know, Power Rangers or whatever and yeah. just not be interested in that. And I think that's probably a similar narrative to a lot of people who, you know. Oh, yeah, are- I just realized what a big source my dad is. Like the stuff that he knows, like the names and the dates is incredible. And I'm like, why am I not writing this down or recording it? Like. I'm sure my dad would love to talk to you too. So that would be sick. There's like, I can't even explain to you how much we just don't know. We don't know so much. Like even the, uh, like last night, my dad told me that we're actually the natives 
of, you know, the land that we lived at and the Iranian area as well. We were nomads. We, we were the first ones there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I did not know this. Like, I didn't know we were the natives and we seem like outsiders in every land we live in now, which is so weird. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. And I feel like we need to speak about this because it's, it's just not fair that we don't get the recognition. Sure. Man, and that's also like the craziest like sort of parallel with like Native Americans and I'm sure like Native Canadian people, how they're the yeah. original people here. And then other people came and sort of just tried their very best to just push them out yeah. and eradicate them. And um, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. It's it, There's definitely a whole lot of stuff. And I think my main thing I would want to emphasize to anyone listening is like, learn about your roots, learn about your culture, learn about all that, yeah. you know, cause it's so important and it leads to just you having a better self-confidence of who you are and a better understanding and just, I don't know, ultimately being happier with who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And knowing your identity, I think has an effect on your confidence and like who you are and what you stand for. Totally. hundred percent. Um, I guess one last thing I would want to know is just, you know, the whole concept of having like Vogue magazine want to write an article and just that whole situation. <laughs> and how did, what was that like? So I actually got contacted. Um, I didn't even expect it. Honestly, this photo was supposed to just be a filler. I was about to post like some more photos after it. And my Photoshop job was not that great, <laughs> but apparently it was like compared to my other ones, like I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. And for this one, I took like 20 minutes. I was like, whatever, I just need to get it out there. And it ended up going crazy. Like everyone knew when everybody was sharing it, messaged me, uh, Christian Allaire, and he's actually, um, Ojibwe. He's a part of the first nations as well. And, um, he messaged me and he was like, Hey, like, I really love these photos. Like I want to write a piece about you for Vogue magazine. And I just remember like, just in shock. I was like, what? Like the social media is a crazy and powerful place. Sure. Um, and then he's like, yeah, like we really love your, love to do like a sit down and talk, uh, about your photos. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then it kind of took off from there. <laughs> and that was a, that was a fun experience. Definitely. How did, um, how did your dad feel about all that? Uh, so my dad, um, he's like my biggest inspiration. And like ever since I've been posting photos on Instagram, he's kind of been like focus on your school, you know, like, mm. but what's the, once this photo took off, he's just like, you know what, Haliba, you, but still focus on school. He's still very like, I get it. Like you're having fun. You're doing your thing now when his friends message him they're like yo like this is so cool for Baluchi culture and this and that um so he'd come to me and kind of smile and be like you know I'm proud of you and <laughs> very like uh, fatherly um love I guess I don't know it's it's at least for me like I said I never grew up with knowing any Baluchi people and to have that be something that's very publicly you know out there in the world it it was cool, you know, to see a representation of your people yeah. in culture and society. It's amazing, you know, and I think hopefully it's the beginning of like many more situations, you know, seeing oh, Baluch yeah. people on. We've got a lot to come. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope, you know, there's Baluch actors and there's films and, you know, just, I don't know, 
more in the mainstream. And I think people growing up Baluchin knowing that like, oh, cool, like blah, blah is Baluchin, you know, just looking up to him and I don't yeah. know, it's very inspiring in a way. Definitely lack uh, representation. And I think that's why it hit, um, it, it really hit close to home for all the Baluch people in Pakistan and Iran and Afghanistan and around the world. Hong Kong um, that are like, Hey, I'm a loach. Like, this is so cool. And I'm so excited. And I'm growing like a big fat Baluchi family online, which is really exciting. That is, it's amazing. No, no, no. I can't thank you enough. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, I guess as we wrap up, do you have any like links or how do you want people to follow you and, you know, listen to your stories yeah, um, and all that? So I actually, I'm mainly active on my Instagram account. Um, it's at Mama Lima. Um, and uh, what else am I? I have a Twitter account and it's just at, I think it's Halima, but there's like underscores and stuff in it. So yeah, I think Instagram's a good, is a good platform for me. Perfect. And then um, the article that I was referencing and the way that I found you is um just vote.com slash article slash baluch sister um and has a whole article there you can literally just google vogue baluch and this article will come up Um, yeah you can vogue baluch and it will come up yeah which is cool i highly recommend you know everyone listening to go read that and just to um i don't know like we've been emphasizing the whole time you know get to know your culture your roots and your identity and awesome well thank you i appreciate it Yeah, thank you. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Double Life. To see more of Halima's work, you can head to Instagram, follow her at mama.lima. That's M-A-M-A dot L-I-M-A-A. And for more of The Double Life, you can follow us at The Double Life Pod. Make sure to subscribe and tell your friends. And most of all, have a good rest of your week.